Hi, I'm Will Sumsuch, your roving reporter for Five Magazine over here in the UK. Last month we brought you a long and extensive conversation with Kiko Navarro, Richard Earnshaw and Lee Bright, label manager for BBE Music, which was conducted in Kiko's hotel room in Shoreditch, East London. The first half of the conversation is now available on the Five Magazine website. So if you've not had a chance to listen to that, I suggest you go back and check that before getting into this one. In the second half of the discussion, our thoughts turned to a feature I wrote for issue 147 of Five Magazine called Where Did The Money Go? How Music Got Cheap and Gear Got Expensive. The feature covers why many DJs stopped buying music, why many DJs now spend their money on equipment rather than music, how that's affected the industry, but also the problem with DJ promos, with record labels essentially spamming DJs with music they don't even want, and what can be done about that. And we'll rejoin the conversation as Richard Earnshaw holds forth on the subject. But when you get this cascade of inbox fury, that's, that's the only way I can describe it, and you know, you've got these companies that are setting up as promo companies, and they will take anybody on, as long as they pay their little fixed rate fee of whatever it is, yep, don't worry, we can mail this, that and the other out, and it's just a shower of shit a lot of the time, I'm sorry to say. And I'm not talking about the music itself or the integrity of the music, I'm talking about the lack of responsibility of the people sending it out to make sure that the people that are receiving it are actually useful. Because if I was a label and I was having, you know, many, many of my pounds being spent on a promotions company, I'd want to know that the people they were sending it to was going to benefit that release. Not just go, yeah, we've got, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't remember the name of the company, but we had a company um, approach us a couple of years back saying, we've got a list of about 10,000 people, you know, and we'll uh, send your music out and da 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 da, big sell. I emailed them straight back and I was like, so if you're going to give the music out to 10,000 people, who the fuck's left to buy it? Mm. What you know? was the answer? There was literally no answer. Because there isn't. Because there isn't one, you know, and it's like, be careful. I mean, we, our promo list from the label perspective is in excess of 150, possibly knocking on the door of 200, but it's not just DJs, that's included uh, sync agents, um, various licensing um, opportunities, uh, compilation, you know, there's a whole big sort of, and and all those different lists are segregated so we know who's getting what when we're sending it to. But it's a constant, literally day-to-day process of who's relevant, you know, who's come and gone, who's not DJing anymore. Because as much as that, I like the fact that so and so was supporting the music. But if they had enough of the industry, or they, they just had a family, they just want to do away with the whole thing and just get a normal job and just be, you know, relatively normal. I don't want to fill their inbox full of music unless they specifically still want to receive it. But you know, it's it's a constant housekeeping thing. You know, and I've often thought, shall we just do away with it altogether? So what we've actually done now is we've kind of created almost like a traffic light system 
where there will be certain projects that we will do the usual promotional uh, campaign. There will be uh, other releases, for example, that will do absolutely no promotional campaign. Like if we find, oh, I say find, you'd be surprised what's in the hard drives, but if we find some unreleased edits or instrumentals or various cuts of certain releases we've done and we've either, we didn't release them for a specific reason and we've forgotten about them and it's like, oh, this is an unreleased version. For example, um, there was an unreleased instrumental of uh, Spirit Chaser's Edge of the World single by Spen and M. Dinger. And I just came across it the other day and I was like, oh, we never did anything with this instrumental. So what I've done is I've actually kind of created like a vocal dub by taking the acapella and doing some stuff with it. Now, we probably won't do a, a regular promotional campaign. We'll probably just go, let's get it to out to all the platforms, download and streaming, all at the same time. We'll kind of orchestrate our campaign to hit that one date rather than go, well, Traxwell's can have it for this amount of time, then iTunes can have it, and then so-and-so can have it, da 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 and have that kind of lengthy and complicated process of what's going where and when, um, which we would apply to, say, a brand new release by you know any given artist. So that's the label side thing as a, a, a receiver of promotional music. I wish that people, the labels, would do their homework because I would like, I would prefer, you know, 70% less crap in my inbox that I could then spend that time actually looking for music and enjoying the process of looking for music rather than thinking, for fuck's sake, I've got to scour through all of this stuff that I've been sent before I can even start thinking about enjoying that process. Because in the back of my mind, even though I can, I can press delete all day long, I can go delete, 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 I'll sod that, delete, I'm not even interested. But they can press send you, all day but long. You <laughs> they can press send all day long and you never know when you'll hear that record that you think, I'm glad I listened to that, which has and always does happen. Of those 50, 60, 70 promos a week from completely random unknown sources, very often there'll be one that you think, I'm so glad I listened to those. Because for the sake of those 60, I got one that was awesome. That is an unknown producer, an unknown artist. And it's important, it's all very well for us that have all been around for a long time, that are already established, that you can stick your name on something and you're already that little bit higher up the ladder because of your reputation. Once upon a time, I was that kid that was looking for that break, that was looking for that DJ to play my music. You know, and I was lucky in that was sulfuric, that they took me under their wing and created Richard Earnshaw in a way. They gave me that focus and that platform to kind of go, right, I'm off. Mm. And this is the, here we go. This is so it's way. important for us to, you know, to try and sift through and support those up and coming artists. Just because you don't know a name, it's like, well, I don't know who that is. I'm going to delete that. Mm. You know, it's it's not fair on them because they could be the next big deal. Or that the, they could be you. That's the thing. Exactly. That's the frustration as a DJ because when you get all these unsolicited promos, you feel an element of responsibility to listen because at some point mm. you sent out demos and one person took time and listened, mm. they didn't know who you were and 
But I used to send my demos out on tape. Essentially, for all of us, I think. I sent my demos out on tape in a jiffy bag Mm. with a name on the envelope from the person that I had phoned to ask who do I send demos to. Whereas now, if I get an email saying, hi mate, here's my latest single, I'm shopping it around, give it a listen, see what you think, and you see in their little, you know, their CC field, that there's like three, four, five hundred email addresses, you think, no, just, I'm not gonna listen to just that. Just if, if mate is spelled M8, just delete yeah. immediately. You know, I'm sorry, but I think that people need to spend a little bit more time on, you know, being a bit more personable. Mm. Because we're in such a the opposite kind of world. We're all email addresses. You know, that's why it's important to do things like ADE, IMS, you know, sonar, all these things that happen all over where you can go there as an actual collection of cells and skin and go, hi, I'm not Richard at Duffnote.com, I'm an actual person. And I think that's the thing that's been missing a lot. So when I get an email that's not directly addressed to me, that they may have already asked me, is it okay to send music? I will delete straight away. There is no way in a million years I'm gonna listen to a piece of music that has been sent to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I don't even understand what there is they're trying to get out of that. They're trying to get 500 record labels to kind of battle against each other to get the record. It's like, help yourself guys, you know? There's the interesting point that has maybe been lost with this kind of promo madness or, or, or the promo problem where a lot of labels are perhaps trying to collect DJs to send promos to, but do they even know why they're doing it or what they hope to gain from it? Okay. Um, I'm thinking all the time that we are uh, going back to something that we talked before. It's quantity against quality. It's all about that, I think. Because uh, I, I tell you that even about about promos, we, we receive tons of promos and and it's really, I think it, we would need a clone to listen everything. If you have a, a normal life, we, you need another one to listen and then to, to send feedback. But what I want to say is that I realize that even for instance, in my case, with the album, I'm not, I'm not um, complaining. This is just the reality. Every person, every DJ has a life. So I, I reached the point that I sent my album to people that I know personally, and they didn't answer. And, and for me, I don't take it personal. And for me, it's not a problem. I sent it because I wanted to make sure they, if they want, they can download it. But if but it's just to to show you how is the situation even our friends even maybe myself i get a a a personal email from a friend from somebody who i feel something and maybe at that if i don't reply or download at, at that moment and i listen and i send feedback maybe then i forget because there are many things happening around our lives so the end of this is uh, the promo campaigns I realize that are very, let's say, skeptical or uh, I don't know if that's the, the right word, but are not as relevant as before. Because uh, maybe, okay, this is maybe something that Richard can, can talk about, but 
maybe you, you do all the single, you put it out. The feedback is amazing. All the DJs, all the, the people are saying this is uh, a hit. Then you put it out and nothing happens. Absolutely. And then it could be the opposite also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, These Tears, the Spirit Chaser single we released in 2010, was off the album, the first album, 1440, which we sent it out. We had, there was no kind of expectation whatsoever for this record. Absolutely none at all. Um, it was, we just enjoyed making it. We, the, the song meant something to us. Um, and then some weeks later, we got a, a, an email from Sony in uh, South Africa just saying, uh, guys, uh, you may or may not know, but this single has been at number one for nine weeks. I think we need to talk. And we had no expectation of, of this single, it just happened. And then yet you can kind of, you can put a record together and think, oh, you know, got high hopes for this one. And then nothing really happens. But then that's when you have to kind of have a word with yourself over whether you're talking short term or long term. Because, you know, the short term gain is that you hope that there will be like a quick injection, a quick interest, and you'll get something going on, a bit of a buzz. But the long term game is, is that, you know, when you look at the sort of sales patterns that some of our records are con just consistently selling all the time. You know, the compilations that we've done are just consistently selling all the time. So rather than going, oh, I really hope we get a number one on track source with this one, that'd be awesome. Obviously, that would be awesome. But actually, what is more beneficial in the long term is like, well, let's just see how long it hangs around in the top 10 for. See how long it's there for, how long it's consistently there, hmm. just like plonk. It's not going anywhere, which means that there are people constantly buying it, rather than that flash purchase, whoosh, number one, bang, done. Two weeks later, it's out of the hot top 100. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, just sort of playing that long game, working it out that the streaming um, element is really starting to get some traction because you know that people are walking from their office to the tube station with Spotify on their phone listening to your music. And if they like what they're hearing, you've, you've engaged them. They will continue to listen to your music because they're like, well, I like that. Follow. Hmm. Bosh. You've got them in. So it's, it's really, you know, the long game is massively important. So we, we, we can tell a mile off when people send us music as a record label. We can tell what their aspirations are. Their aspirations are to be that finger-pointing DJ on a selfie full of thousands of people. That's fine. If that's your aspiration, that's cool. Um, but it'll come and go very, very quickly. But you can tell the aspirations of those that are like have put their heart and soul into a record. They're not bugging you. They're like, do you know what? I'm just grateful that somebody believes in the music as much as I do to then put time, effort and money into then moving that product into a marketplace that they otherwise couldn't reach. So from a business point of view and from a personal point of view, it makes sense to to pick up music that lasts. Absolutely. At least for your for your label. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, if if you listen to the content that we've put out, we've never really strayed too far off our kind of roots in terms of our sound. You know, whereas some labels used to put out very, very nice song driven soulful house. 
then started to drift into more of an EDM kind of bubble. And now, where are they? They can't come back from that. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've, gone, they've gone so far down the road trying to chase this trend, which they were never going to reach anyway because they were always one step behind. Um, whereas we just stuck to our guns. You know, a song is a song, a great song is a great song. Whether it's a house record, a drum and bass record, acoustic, a cappella, you know, or thrown into full orchestration to a philharmonic. A great theme, a great melody, a great lyric is always going to be the case, which is why we've always, most of the time, all, you know, stuck to wanting great songs. They work well in the long term. So to follow on from that, as, as DJs and as producers, both of you, um, when you finish when you finish a track or when you're working on a track, do you have a sense of it's going to be that track that really works on the dance floor as a DJ, or are you sometimes surprised where a record that you made, you know, works better than you thought on the dance floor, or something that in the studio you were kind of like, this is definitely going to work. It's the other way. The the dance floor is like a lab, like a lab, like a. Uh, where you test the music so sometimes you get surprises sometimes maybe your instinct was uh, right uh, normally I with the time I, I found out that when you make music you have to really feel it because I, I when I listen to to different tracks that I have done on all the, the the, the, all those years, myself, I can really uh, identify the tracks that I did with the special feelings and some of the tracks that you do because you want to do something like that. So then you are putting limitations because it's like, okay, uh, it's like a, you have a, a, a hero, a music uh, a producer that you really love from many years so you would like to do something that sounds like that so then you try but then you are missing something which is your inner self mm. and I already did it I did let's say a mistake I, it's not a mistake it's a me I think it's a part of the learning process so sometimes you have to try to do that things to realize that what is important is on music you do what you have inside because those tracks are timeless when I listen to some of those tracks that I really put my passion or uh, a feeling or something I will feel the same today and 10 years later 10 years before so I think the most important is to to stay true to yourself because then those tracks will give exact the same feeling anytime you listen so when you want to do something like sounds like another thing then maybe it's not the the right path to mm-hmm. to follow but yeah um, sometimes I do a track and I want to do like something that works for the floor and then it really works sometimes it doesn't work as much as I wanted and then that gives me a clue to go back to the studio and change something. And then I I try to improve the track. 
so you never know. It, that, this, this is the funny, the funny thing, the excitement when you play your new track and see what happened. Mm, like fear and excitement. Yeah. yeah, and it keeps alive the illusion to keep making music also. Mm. Because we are, in, in, in my particular way that I do like club music, I'm not doing music for people chilling out and listening at home. Some of them, they can if they like that particular genre, but I, I make music at the moment to be played in the clubs. So it's very exciting to see what's the result. Mm. Yeah. So I know you've got to rush off, Mr. Earnshaw, <laughs> but I'm, I, I did have a list of hot topics that I was going to go through, and I was going to do a little uh, a little sting that said hot topics. We're not going to do that. We can I'm going to get my revenge on you by. Um, <laughs> let's, a lot of chat, innit? <laughs> let's, let's put let's put you on the spot here, here and now. Uh, okay. Can we expect a uh, a Richard Earnshaw Kiko Navarro collaboration? Because I know this is this is the first time you guys have met. It is the first time we've met, but we have um, been involved via remix ties before many many years yeah, ago he did one remix that really worked with a, a long time ago it was up to the sky that's right yeah 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 um but i do you know i've come to the conclusion recently that there's been a few people that have asked um you know oh can we collaborate and i've always been not up for collaboration because I, I enjoy collaborating with people, but this you know when like you say when you've got family, there's life, there's so much going on. It's very very difficult to orchestrate everything. But I suppose as that kind of thing is settling down, you know, my life is not about you know poo under the fingernails and nappies everywhere <laughs> and all the other stuff that's associated with young children. My life is slowly returning to a little bit more of a normal kind of sort of an, an equilibrium has, has been reached shall we say normal amounts of food yeah lucky bastard <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I've now got to the point when it's you know doing collaborations with people whether it's songwriters or producers or anything is is now kind of again become an enriching experience so yeah I'm, I'm all bang up for it you know negative response and complete yeah. opposite answer. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no, 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 no. Kiko Navarro is currently on the phone to his manager. No, 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 no. no. not accept an <laughs> email from Birdshaw. I was, I was <laughs> giving me the waiting stare. Till he finished. Because you are a gentleman. Uh, I try. Yes. And I had some education. You do very well. I do my best. But I'm... I'm you know, I love the fact of having opportunities to do collaborations because I think uh, to say no is like you are uh, losing an opportunity. So we are always able to work alone in the studio, but you are one person. And you know what I, I love is to collaborate, but uh, if I can get in the studio with the person, that's for me fantastic because most of the time I'm alone and just the fact that sharing the love for the music with somebody who is in the, in the same way is just funny and also I think that each person has like maybe different skills or you are good doing this you are going doing that so if you can combine it's great I, I think that the, the main thing is having fun in the studio after that 
let's see if the track is good or not. But if you don't have fun, then there is no point to, to collaborate. So Richard, yeah. if you want. Well, I was just going to say that the, the, <laughs> this is like the, a... the beauty of, of the budget airlines has allowed for very little expense for people to travel around the world with people. And I think if you're going to collaborate with someone, you've got to be in the room. You, you have to be together yeah. in the room. You've got to feed off each other's excitement, the passion and the drive and the musical inspiration. If you're collaborating remotely, it's like, oh yeah, send it to me as an MP3 and I'll have a listen. There's no connection. Yeah. You know, there's it's, no connection. It's one and one, it's not two. I yeah. so feel that. Let me Shame, tell you. Shameless self. So yeah, I will I'm, gladly I'm, fly. If we to do it, if we do it, we have to do it together. Absolutely. Okay. Now we have the the, the witness. Yeah, yes. You heard it witnesses. here first, and yeah. yeah, your roving reporter may even follow them. <laughs> I'll be in the bushes so I think the microphone. The, the, the <laughs> best. We do, we do one track in Mallorca, we do one track in England. There you go, you see, that's how it should be. Perfect. You heard it. I'll put a fiver down for the cheap flight. Thank you, Dee. <laughs> <laughs> Partially sponsored should, by should B -B <laughs> <laughs> Well, fantastic. It's, I'm going to. I think we all need to go and eat. It's been a long afternoon. Each other. Kiko is. Uh, <laughs> behave yourself. Kiko, Kiko is on his way to, to Soho Radio tonight and has a packed weekend of gigs here in London. And thank you all for your time. It's much appreciated. Pleasure as always. I feel like I've been assaulted. I've been here so long. <laughs> <laughs> I might just cut on. <laughs> Bye. Thanks.